This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! of the High Hopes Podcast, a Sunday morning we have to record because the Phillies got Gregory Soto podcast. What up, buddy? Gregory Soto. We got like uh, a dude, a dude out there, bro. I know. Um, they got Gregory Soto. Uh, automatically becomes the best Soto in all of baseball, 100%. He's Can't like, think of another one that that even you know compares to him. So, um, you know, it, we have been talking in the last couple podcasts of like, all right, they got Kimbrell. And you start going through it, and it's like, yeah, Kimbrell, Stranthony. It's Alvarado. literally how we ended the last pod. I was like, Jack, this is the one area. I'm like, do they have enough here? <laughs> yeah. And then I guess Dave was like, hey, I listened to the pod. I kind of agree. <laughs> like, I, I kind of agree. So um, I just love that absolutely no one cares about the Eagles clinching the one seed today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gregory Soto is at the top of everyone's brain. Um, and James? The stat was thrown out yesterday by uh, so good 81% of left handed through 100 mile an hour fastballs last year were thrown by Jose Alvarado and now Gregory Soto. Um, you know, it's so funny, James, because I believe that the the foundation of this podcast for the first three, four years that we did it was just give me guys to throw hard and have like ridiculous mm-hmm. stuff. And now you start going through the entire bullpen and it's just stuff on stuff on stuff, slider cutter, 98, 99. And it's like, what universe? Like, dude, three years ago, we were watching Mike Morin and like Blake Parker split their way. to like, whatever it, 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 we have come so far. Um, and, and Gregory Soto, I, I can't wait, dude. I, I can't wait. And, you know, we talked last podcast about I, I, I kind of felt like they're going to name Kimbrel the closer. This this signing just confirms that they're just, they're going to go with whatever works yep. every single night, you know, mm-hmm. like whether it's Sarantan. Well, they can. They can. They have they, they like, actually really, can. Yeah. They got like matchup like guys now. Like you can really like play it by what you need to do and, and do it the right way. Like it's it's a really well put together pen where the all the kind of strengths and weaknesses work together, you know? Arms, well, all it, of it. And you know the the, the, the lefties, I mean, Jack. We got like three lefties who we feel good about. What the hell is that, dude? I mean, you want to talk about living in an alternate universe. Yeah. Um, we're at a point now where uh let's say Sir Anthony or um, Kimbrell pitched two days in a row, and it's like, oh, we're going for three straight wins. Like, would hate to lose the momentum. This is like, hey, let's just throw Gregory Soto and close out the game. Yeah, you know, 30, back- 30 saves last year. No big deal. Well, because, like, because <laughs> of the last couple of years, it was like, oh my God, if Sir Anthony gets hurt, like, we have no one that can get the last three innings, three yeah. outs of a ball game, you know? And we, we would have to, like, go with whoever to close out a game. And now we're sitting here, there's four guys that, that you could have theoretically yeah. close out a, close out a, a, a game. Um, it's insane. And I mean, on paper, it's far and away the best bullpen of my life. You know, I mean, obviously the, the 08 bullpen, they ended up being the best bullpen that we've seen. Um, but just stuff wise, just talent wise, just, um, depth wise. I mean, (laughs) it's hard to fathom James. They're, 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 they're top seven right now. 
this is before even getting to the interesting names is Sir Anthony Soto, Alvarado, Kimbrell, Bellotti, Brogdon, Strong. I, mean, I trust every single one of those guys. Like, I trust every dude. I, I, any guy comes in, I'm like, yeah, they can get outs for me. Like, what is that, Jack? When we, we never, Mike Morin was throwing 60 mile per hour curveballs, Jack. Like, we were sitting there, like, what, what am I? You hated him. That made you so sad. Mike Morin being on the Phillies, like, broke your heart and soul. Like, that was the exact. Uh, like symbol of all that was wrong with the Phillies at that moment for you, Mike Morin. Well, it's because he, he just had nothing. Like, I know. Had, like he just had, he had, he had no stuff. And that's what I hated. I hated guys that didn't have stuff, but like, I'm looking over it, James. I mean, Tommy Hunter, Blake Parker, yeah. Adam Morgan, Brandon oh. Workman, oh. David Hale, Ramon Rosso, Heath Hembry, oh. David Phelps, Dealey Guerra, who ended up being pretty good last year, Reggie McLean, <laughs> Trevor Kelly, Austin Davis, Mauricio Oliveira. Oh, Davis. That was our lefty. We had Austin Davis Austin coming. Davis. Wow. I mean, think about it. Think yeah. about how far we've come. You want to talk about things that we've deserved? Things that we've earned, like things that you know, we've we've gone through. Oh, the we've earned, buddy. We've <laughs> earned. We had we've earned this, this. We had the single worst bullpen in the history of baseball. There was like the Phillies have, have a, a lot of records for the worst things, the most, <laughs> the most losses. I feel like they've had the most errors. They've had like the least inning started by starters or whatever. And here we are, and they've sort of built a superish bullpen. <laughs> yeah, dude. And and that's the thing, too, is coming off the World Series and seeing how that played out. Like one of the biggest, if not the biggest reason the Astros beat the Phillies was because of the bullpen. It was the best bullpen we've seen. And they just shut it down time and time again when they needed to that three two game. Obviously, the no hitter of the last game, like it was just over. It was oh, other than game one. It was over when they went to the pen. And man, to your point, I honestly I. I like, it's hard for me to believe that this bullpen is this good, Jack. I'm so used to to not trusting guys coming in from the pen on a consistent basis. And to your point, like, there's seven deep. And that's even before we get into all the guys you talked about in the last one with the Drew Bakers and the Griff McGarrys and all these other options to go up and down, which you'll need. You'll need depth. But all of a sudden, they have, like, they have dudes. They've got depth. they got high end. Like, it's a really well-put-together well bullpen you got three, four righties you can count on. You got three lefties you can count on. Like, it's a, it's like a, a really, I can't get over it. I can't get over it. I'm like, it was the one thing I said at the end of last pot. I'm like, look, I feel really good about the starting pitching, assuming we assume Painter's going to be a part of this later. And you think about that. And, and yeah, I could use a little more depth, but you know, they're good there. We got something there. The lineup, we're going to feel amazing when Harper comes back. But I said to you, I'm like, I look at this bullpen and I worry if they're just a guy or two short, like if they don't have that and you, and you made a great case for the youngsters and how that they can cycle guys in. And for the first time in a long time, we have that, but then they just go out and trade for, for a guy who is a difference maker and get an end. And, and I know a lot of people have talked about this and it goes to the stat that Suspedas barbecue put out there. But, like, the Phillies were able to fix Jose Alvarado. Jose Alvarado was in the minors last season and then became one of the best relievers in the sport for three months. Like, this is the exact and, – and, and, look, Soto has been way more consistent the last two seasons. I know he's got some control stuff, but way more consistent than Alvarado is. I mean, what's the, what's the ceiling with this guy? If they can get him where they need him to be, I, 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 it's – it was a masterclass of a move. And again, no offense to the guys we gave up. Like, we love Matty V. Thank you for everything. Nikki Maton, you know, the, this fan base loved the guy. 
But I mean, they essentially gave up bench players to go get a guy who could be pitching like the eighth inning of the World Series for you, Jack. Like, that's the kind of trade they made. And that's what makes it so surprising to me. Because, like, if you're the Dodgers, why were you not more on this? If you're the the, the Rays, in a way, and they know that a, a, a guy as talented as Gregory Soto is available, how are they not on it? And, and hey, maybe the Tigers value Nick Mason more than we do. And, and I think that if he played and look, every Dombrowski's day. And relations probably mattered, too. They probably well, did. And they have well, the guy talked. who was with the Tigers last year, Chad or whatever his name is. They had the inside information on the whole thing, all that. Like, that stuff matters, too. We know that. No, it does. Um, and and uh, Nebraska talked about that yesterday, that he, he he had some help from from David Chad, I think his name is, um, yeah. that that he had, you know, good scouting on these players. But even if you have that, if you're just looking at pure stuff, if you're just looking at the numbers, you're looking at the spin, you're looking at just the, like, if you're, if you're one of these teams that has always had these super bullpens, the Astros, the the Dodgers, like these teams that we view as smart, you know, you, you let you let you let Dabrowski have a little masterclass for for Nick Mayton, Matt Veerling, you know, like how? How? Donnie Sands. I, mean, I don't know. How? I don't know. I think it's Maybe. crazy to me. So just inside baseball for everyone out there, when Jim Salisbury and Chad Jim had the scoop first. Um, Jim tweeted out, you know, hearing a possible Gregory Soto trade or whatever he said to the Phillies or Phillies are in on Soto or whatever it was. Jack texted me Mick Abel. Like, that's what Jack thought we would probably have to give up to get a guy like Soto. And they gave up Matt Veerly and Maton and Donnie Sands. Like, we were ready to give up Nick, Nick freaking Abel for this guy, Jack. Yeah, and maybe that obviously that was an overreaction. In the overreaction, moment, but-, but still the point being that I can't believe how much less than Mick Abel it was. Well, because... And my thought process was he has three years of control left. He's been a, a back-to-back all-star. Um, he has some of the best stuff in the sport. You know, those kind of guys just seem to go for they – they do. Like, it, it's not that – I just think those guys go for more than than what they gave up. Yeah, and, absolutely. I mean, maybe – listen. Um, Veerling, I, I can't see an everyday player. Mayton, I, I could see an everyday player. Um Donnie Sands, like, is probably a DH more than a catcher. Like, yeah, I think they got three major leaguers. You're giving up a legitimate, like, you're giving up a, a, a possible guy that can, again, you mentioned it. He can pitch the eighth inning of the World Series. He can pitch the ninth inning of the World Series. Yeah. You know, um, he can pitch in these in these big moments because his stuff is that good. So, I honestly, just to hear more flabbergasted than anything, that that's all they gave up. When I when the whole narrative around the sport is all oh, the Dodgers have, have so much depth they can go get anyone. Uh, Yankees, uh, you know these teams they they can just go get whoever they want because they have loads and loads of young talent. The Phillies were able to get it done for guys who aren't going to start next year. I mean, is it is it nice to have the the right handed platoon option with with Brandon Marsh if he struggles against lefties? I mean, yeah, he's like what a five nineteen OPS guy against lefties in his career, so hopefully he can figure that out. But like, dude, it's in a perfect world these guys never play. <laughs> Like, exactly. They're, the they're bench they guys play. and they are replaceable. Like maybe you can't get the same, a young player with the potential, the mat, and not that it's the, through the roof, but the potential Matt Veerling has, but you can get someone to give you more or less what Matt Veerling would give you this year for cheap. Like that is not a super expensive guy to add to this team. And again, to your point, like, look, or like philosophically, if a team like the Tigers that is clearly not trying to compete this year is not ready to make the, the steps or whatever that the Phillies are and all that trading a, a controllable middle reliever for like a young bat who can turn into something is the right trade. It's the right trade. They just got the wrong guys. They just traded for guys who are like, I mean, what's feeling ceiling like a, 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 the eighth hitter in your lineup, maybe and a, and a fine defensive player. Like what's Maton ceiling? Like maybe an everyday second baseman, like maybe, I don't know, probably not though. Like, 
I, I just and maybe Donnie Sands that it can hit and, and they they are into that. Look, I I I think the idea of trading controllable lever for three bats and and if one of them hits, it was a great trade for the Tigers. I just don't think they got enough upside on these bats. And it's crazy to me, to your point, that one of these other teams who could absolutely love, would love to have Gregory Soto in their bullpen, wasn't willing to give something. And maybe, again, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Maybe the Tigers just really like these guys. Again, maybe Dombrowski's connections with the Tigers help, help pump these guys up, whatever, I don't know. But to, I, I was shocked, Jack. I was shocked that that was all they gave up for this guy. Well, apparently they think that uh, Veerling can start at third base. So maybe that's... We didn't Is that, that really the... Wow. Okay. Okay. And, I think the quote was that Veerling and Mateson are in the mix to start at third base. So the they got two there. starting middle infielders there. Wow. Yep. Good trade. Yep. Good trade, yep. Tigers. Listen, yes. uh, you got to do that deal at any time of the week. Now, the, the very real possibility of this is that you and I are blind. And, and oh, and Soto comes in and he's in he's in the minors by the three months like Alvarado, and then they maybe they fix him, maybe they don't. Yeah, no, no. yeah. But he's been good. He's been good the last two years. I know that you know there's been a little luck in there, and obviously the control stuff. And I will say, I am, and and maybe you can speak to this. He doesn't have quite the strikeout rate I would expect yeah. for the stuff that he has. Um, but you know he's still been really good. I mean, he hasn't had, he's at what three 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 nine three two eight ERA the past years. Not that that tells the whole story, but like it's not like he's been a he's been an all star. You know, <laughs> I know he's a tiger, no. but he's been a, it's because they need an all star. But still, he's been he has been if nothing else good at worst the last two years. You know, well and and you know they have had Joe Jimenez and Alex Lang in the bullpen, and Soto has been the guy that they've put in the ninth inning. So it's yeah. not like they have no talent out there to where it's like. Well, this is a, you know he's just he's just the only guy that has semi good stuff in the bullpen. Yeah, Joe Joe Menes is good. I was bummed the Braves signed him. I know. Well, to be fair, like Alex Lang would have just been. A, well, he's a, the yeah yeah he's the guy. He's the yeah guy. he's the but guy. Yeah. Regardless, regardless, we got Gregory Soto. Um, but my thing is like in looking through his game logs, like he would pretty much go he'd pretty much go a month where it's like zero or one run, you know, whatever mixed in there, and then he'd have like a three run. And then he'd have two weeks of good pitching and then the five run and then two weeks of good pitching and a three run that I think kind of jacked his ERA up. Um, and then that's just how it goes with bullpen pitchers. They don't pitch enough to keep the ERA down and one kind of blow up, you know, outing gets it, you know, into the three. So um, listen, there is a, there is a possibility that, that he comes in, he, that he can't fix the control and the strikeout numbers are weird. You'd think they'd be higher. Weird, right? Um, I, I was, I was surprised as I was going through all the numbers and all the stats that I was, I was surprised by that. I mean, he's, he's barely a, a, a one per inning. You know, he's like in that range, you know, maybe a little over, but nothing crazy. But like, look at what Caleb Cotham and, and Brian Kaplan have done with less talented uh, guys. Yeah. I mean, Andrew Pilati was a, was a 13K per nine guy last year. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, and again, was, look what they did with a, a similar talent in Alvarado. Like they, yeah, but, there's, it's such a one-to-one to look at that guy and be like, oh, that guy, that guy, it's such a similar profile. So and people keep bringing up, you know, um, Alvarado and whatnot, and is he better than him? Like Gregory Soto is more talented than Jose. Like I, I yeah, I think oh, he's, and more he's way more, and he's way more accomplished. Like he yeah. just had a better career so far than than Alvarado. <laughs> I mean, th- those three months Alvarado had, it's like he was okay in Tampa. He had some some saves and was, and you could see the talent. But the last three months Alvarado had are like light years the best thing he's ever done in baseball. And yeah, Soto's I mean, basically been a version of that for the last two years. Yeah, so um, if you look at his little baseball savant page, like way more with, like way more all of that. So um, if they, add, they added a legitimate difference maker. And it's just, this is going to be the least surprising thing that I think you've ever heard. But I think for this, if you're a, <laughs> a, a first-time listener to this podcast, you'd be like, wow, that guy sounds insane. 
I'm way, more, <laughs> I'm way more excited for this bullpen than I am the lineup. Like I just, I knew I, that was coming. Like, I was, I, if you had said, "What am I gonna say here?" That's what I would have said. Like I am. There's so, like I am such a sucker for stuff, and I'm such a sucker for a possible super pen, and just the idea that these guys can go six innings and bang seven, eight, nine. Like I have guys that I that I trust that are coming out of the bullpen. Um, and maybe it's because I le- legitimately haven't felt that since 2008 and most of last year. Um, but they're like, it, it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a, a pleasure. Like they are so like, what is the hole right now? Like the hole is the hole is starting staff, you know? Yeah. Back into the starting rotation. You could say like the falter being your six or, or what at five, who knows how that kind of goes. Like, you know, until painter can give you meaningful innings and you feel like he doesn't, He's not limited from an innings perspective and all that. They're going to have a bit of a hole at the back end of the rotation, I think. And and especially like we talked about with how many innings Nolan Wheeler pitched last year. You know, I think they're they're going to need someone to fill, some people to fill in those gaps over the course of the season to, to give those guys blows when they need them and all that too. Yeah, well, I was going to, you know, save this for later, but might as well just put it out now. But like, I think one of the things that they've done here is I wouldn't be surprised if they just go six man out of the jump um and i wouldn't be surprised and, and i know that this is gonna ruffle feathers of the traditional baseball minds but like for the first two three months of the season like i don't think i'm letting nola and wheeler pitch more than five innings to start and wow and just, but, but, i don't like, i don't disagree i just love you're absolutely right this is the kind of thing where old school baseball fans would not like that they wouldn't, but I'm not. I'm not letting them pitch more than five or six innings to start. Five innings in a perfect world, and then I'm getting through the rest of the game with like the Falters, the Plasmeyers, the Chris Sanchez's. Um, you know whether that's Griff, whether that's um any of these guys. Like that, that gives you four options. Um, that that they should give you some depth to where you know you can extend these games and you don't have to ride Wheeler and Nola into the ground so that they're not tired come come September come when the innings get get you know more important and this is kind of what they did last year it was like last year they they essentially gave Wheeler a month off you know with Nola they started giving him extra rest to make sure he's good to go and it ended up benefiting them Wheeler had a bit of a dead arm I think in the playoffs but but still, you know, I mean, who knows what it would have been if they hadn't given in that time, right? I mean, does he even make it through the playoffs if it were exactly. for, for that? So they got. Um, I just have this idea that they're heading into the year. They know that Nola pitched 230-some innings. Uh, Wheeler, 175, and pitching into Game 6 of the World Series. Go six men right from the jump. Let those guys pitch like five innings. Um, and then hand it over to the rest of the bullpen and kind of – kind of manage your way through this thing until you get to hopefully the postseason and you can go from there. And then, you know, around mid August, September, start ramping them up, you know, say, okay, now it's go time. Like we got, we got to shut this thing down. we get Bryce back. And, um, you know, hopefully it doesn't screw them early. Obviously. Well, yeah, plan. that's that. And that's the part of it, right? Is that, is it, it's that you're in the toughest division in the sport and you're going mm-hmm. up against two teams that are both hundred coming up 101 win seasons or whatever it is, 101 seasons like that. And, and it does matter to win the division. Look, we saw the Phillies go on a run in the wild card game this year and go from there, but it's, you don't want to, you don't want to have to play those extra games. You don't want to have to be a part of that first round, even though I know there was a lot of success for the wild card teams in the second round. And there's the argument with momentum and all that stuff. But I mean, ideally, the regular season is going to matter for this Phillies team. They can't just coast to the playoffs. Like they need to try and win this division. They need to try and set themselves up for playoff success. But, but having said that, 
even with that in mind, I think you're right, Jack. I think that the only way that they can, again, unless that, and look, the other part that we don't talk about is if they're in a certain position at the deadline and they can trade McAble for a starter or this or that, and you can change your team still in season. But like, I, I just don't see how you make a deep run in the playoffs if you don't get Nolan Wheeler rest throughout the season. Like, I just don't see how those guys could do what they did last year, come back after, again, a, a short off season. We're not used to that either. They played in November. We're usually done at the end, end of September. Um, you know, that I don't know how you can't, you have to get those guys rest. You can't just say, all right, go out and do it again. Like, they, they will not last. They won't. Um, and it's kind of like why they should sit Jalen today. Um, Ooh, is, is, who cares about the Eagles today, Jack? It's a, it's, a, it's a Philly Sunday. What are we doing here? Yep, yep. They're 16 point favorites. I'm sure Gardner Minshew couldn't beat Davis. <laughs> <today>. Um, <laughs> no, but like, you, you, I do love that they they they're like the whole like Giants not playing their starters went from Tyrod Taylor to like, ah, we're just gonna throw Davis. He hasn't thrown a pass in the <laughs> like, NFL. Our, our, we care so little about this game that we don't even want to get our backup quarterback hurt. Cool. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. But we got to get Hurts out there because oh, they're gonna blow it. Um, who's not 100%? Anyway, it's just whatever. Um, that was way too much Eagles talk. What are we doing here? <laughs> I know it's Gregory Soto today. Um, yes. but yeah, it's like they have to be. I know, I know this is, I know like Angelo might come out of retirement if they come out and they're like, listen, Wheeler and Nola, no more than five innings to start. Like, I think we, I think Angelo signs a three year deal, a three year extension. Yeah, I'm back in the mid days in that yeah. case. Yeah. Uh, nothing changes for me. Yeah. And I know, like, it, it sounds insane, but they have the depth now. Like, we don't have to. This is what, and this is what the Dodgers, now it's not the best example because they choke every year, but this is essentially what the Dodgers right. have done. You know, the Dodgers don't let their guys get overworked. Um, now, I do think it does have to be a balance. Like, I don't think you can do this throughout the entire year and expect them to go into the postseason and be like, all right, give me seven. Well, you need now. those. And, and A, and also you need your relievers to be fresh, too. I know you have a bunch of guys that you can go through, but you don't want to do it to the point where you overwork some of these guys where you don't get the best Soto or the best Alvarado or the best. I mean, we saw those guys. I mean, Alvarado. I mean, that was one of the biggest reasons they ended up losing is because he just didn't have anything left in the tank by the end of it. You know, so you got to yeah. worry about both sides of that. It's not just the starters. It's also those relievers. Yeah. Like and in November and, and stuff, too. And you probably extended to the bullpen, too. Like, no back-to-backs until yeah. July, you know. Joe Girardi. Oh, he's finally got his team. Would you let Joe Girardi come back and manage his team now that he has, like, a <laughs> he essentially has a super team? That he essentially has, like, a super bullpen? Would you yeah, let Joe come is... back? <laughs> Say, oh, all right. Man. We we got you your, what you were looking for. You, we've basically built what you had in New York. Yeah. Uh, now now go try to win with it. Um, but yeah, I, like now the difference is is that last year they had to pitch the guys on back to back because they didn't have the depth. Like Canable should have been pitching back to backs and those guys because they need wins. And look and what happened at Canable, right? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So now with the depth they have, which uh, with the top seven where yeah, you could trust some of those guys. I, four or five of them to close out a game. Um, you can kind of mix and match and, and man, what, what, real quick. Can we just not gloss over the stage that you just like, we have four dudes who can come in and close a game. What the Phillies. Is that allowed? Jack, is dude, that allowed? Dude, between that and uh, Craig Kimbrell in his like press conference the other day, talking about how the Phillies biomechanics or whatever, like got him sold on everything. It's like, what am I, what, are, what world are we living in right now? To where like the Phillies have a smart world, Phillies uh, smart team world. I think they have like the second most, uh, like analytics isn't the right word, but like the second most like scientist guys, like wow. whatever in, Love in it. baseball, behind like, uh, the Dodgers. Yeah, it makes me, it makes me so happy to hear that. Well, now it, like, listen. Listen, and factor in that they're building a 
300 some million dollar complex down in Clearwater to make it even like more souped up and let's start tearing up honestly this is more this is more important to me than when we're entering the golden era of the Phillies all this stuff it's good Dombrowski set up the organization for success dude it's so funny it's like I just wish we could go back to the beginning like when Dave Dombrowski walked in and he was like we're gonna do this 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 and this and like Middleton's like sweet I don't know I'm just take it just cool whatever just here's my checkbook go ahead whatever you need buddy that's what they're doing dude that's what they're doing that is what they're doing is that you know listen you can have Steve Cohen all you want you can but without the right guy running the team it doesn't ultimately matter and like the Phillies have a good mix it's so true. And also to your point, I think Middleton always wanted to be the type of owner who who trusted the he did trust Clintac and McPhail too much, even right to the point where at the end he kind of just had to step in and start doing things and get involved and doing the Harper stuff and all that. But like I think that ideally Middleton wanted someone there that he just felt confident, knew what he was doing, and he could give him money and support him and let him do it. The problem was with Clintac and McPhail, he couldn't trust them. And he found that out. And he's like, oh crap, I can't give them my money. I can't let them do this stuff. I have to be involved. I think ideally he this is what Middleton wanted to. Well, you know? and um the other thing that has made me realize is that, you know, I think that in a perfect like I think um he wanted I think they wanted to hire Hyam or whatever. And the difference between Hyam is that the Red Sox like wanted to build the Rays I know. from a standpoint of like not spending any money. Such Whereas the, the Phillies have essentially, if things go to plan, you know, the 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 Dodgers hired Friedman and then we're also like, hey, you can go spend a ton of money as well. And it's like it's almost they are almost developing a perfect mix. Now, the last thing that they have to get completely right is um, developing hitters and drafting and, and developing and, hitters and more guys through the draft and, and figuring that out. But even that, like even that, they did a whole overhaul, James. Like they hired another guy from Driveline that's all like biomechanics. He's like, a I saw it. Biomechanics here got hired by the Phillies. It's like, yeah. you're damn right you did, buddy. Yeah. You're damn right you did. Don't know what you do. Couldn't couldn't explain it to anyone, but no, I don't even I don't even really know what a biomechanist does, but I want a room full of them down in in the in the complex. Yes, but like you you read everything they're going through with the player development stuff, and it's like they want a a mixture of old school and new school. They're developing a Phillies way, like they're they're bringing. What does this sound like? I've never heard these concepts except the entire history of this podcast. Again, we we gave them the, the blueprint. And yeah, uh, to their credit, listen, they got some, listen, we were wrong. Dombrowski, you know, whatever yeah. we, we might've been wrong, but they're doing everything we wanted. And now they added Gregory Soto to a bullpen. that was already pretty good. Now puts them over the top. They're adding <sighs> in their best prospect in the history of the franchise to be uh, in the starting staff next year. They have yeah. Trey freaking Turner. Like, like they have a 250 plus million dollar payroll. They went through the luxury tax. They, they, I mean, think they, about what they have one, they have like 500 million dollar guys, right? I mean, Casty over 100, Casty, Harper, Trey, JT, Wheeler, all over 100 million. Nola is going to be over 100 million soon, I would think. Like, they, I mean, Schwerber, 80 million. Like, no jokes, man. I, Tom no, Walker, they, 70. Uh, 72, 72 or 70. Well, that was the thing. It was, uh, what was it? The White Sox. Oh, who was it they signed? They signed someone to it like was a ben attendee. Ben attendee. It was a seventy-five million dollar deal, and it was the biggest contract in the history of their franchise. Man, well, it's done five more than that in the last like th- four years. Well, the 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 uh, 
the biggest one is Zach Eflin. I mean, thirty million dollars. Yeah, I know to the Rays, but that's less surprising than that. I mean, it's still insane that that's their biggest contract. But like the White Sox have been around forever. The most they've ever spent is seventy five million on someone. Like that's nuts. It does show that sometimes. I know we've gotten a little, you know, you can get a little frustrated as the losing happens and stuff, but but Middleton really has put his money where his mouth is, literally and figuratively. 100%. Um, yeah. And uh, and now he's got the right guy running it. They they brought in Ani, who, like, dude, I, every time I watch uh, the guy they traded for the other day, Yulman, uh, or as we call him. Slider guy. The slider guy. Um, every time I watch him, it's like, why in the world did they give him up? Like, yeah. it doesn't make any, it doesn't compute in my brain that they gave that guy up he is so if you make minor changes to him he is so obviously a top seven guy in a bullpen like it's just it's obvious it's 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 a wipeout slider it's it's a it's a fastball that they can fix and and move around like it's 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 a guy that they got for for cash and I, that's that that screams on like that just screams on totally. Luis totally. Ortiz, the guy they picked up from the Giants, Andrew Vasquez, they were both mentioned by Dombrowski yesterday or a couple of days ago on the Kimbrel thing as guys that they think can help this bullpen that they just claimed off waivers. Yeah. The you Noah Som like, move, the Noah Som move that we talked about, like it just seems like they're like for for a podcast that I feel like for the first five years never got to talk about smart things, maybe some fun big signings, but never like wow that was. That was some next level stuff the Phillies are doing there. You see what they did? They went, you know, like we never had those conversations. And I feel like they have it all the time now. And they're not all going to hit. But if you hit on like one of those guys, it's like, wow, what, what a move, you know? Well, and, and, they're, and they're, they're, hit, they're going after the right guys. Yeah. They're going after guys that are, that have stuff. And I love that. Um, and, um, you know, they're just, I forget what I wanted to say, but the overall point is that. They they just continue to do smart things. They They're continue to team. oh oh that's what I want to say. The I think the Gregory Soto trade officially qualifies as there's the cool trade. Yeah, you know, for the oh that's week. definitely the cool trade. Definitely definitely the cool trade. For and sure. like it fits the criteria of go trade for a guy with stuff. Go trade for a guy that has three years of control left after this. Yep. Um, that can be a back end. Don't 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 go sign now. They they sign Kimbrel. I understand that. Um, but don't go sign one of these older guys for a ton of money. You know, don't, well, and the don't... Kimbrough signing feels way less annoying with the, paired with the Soto trade. It's like, all right. So basically, you know, because Soto's makes nothing. It's like, all right, so I'm paying like 12 mil for both those guys. Yeah, it sounds great. You know, or whatever it is, you know. Yep. Less. So, yeah. So uh, the Soto trade qualifies as a cool, uh, the cool Dabrowski trade. It fits every criteria of what I wanted. Um, and it's now on, on Caleb Kaufman and Brian Kaplan to to get him to be you know, the, the best version of himself, because I think the best version of Gregory Soto is like one of the test, 10 best relievers in baseball. Wow. Like I mean, his stuff is that good. I mean, you see stuff the is definitely Oh, his stuff is definitely that good. It's, it's, again, it's 91. The, the slider is fastball. insane. And then we go back. Yeah, exactly. Again, I, I don't take that stat lightly that 81% of a hundred mile per hour or more fastballs thrown by left-handed pitchers last year were thrown by Alvarado and Soto. I mean, that's a, that's an astounding number, Jack. 81%. Yeah. Like that's, that is stuff. They got dudes with stuff. Well, and uh, I guess he was uh, messing around with a uh, changeup last year. Like, he like yeah, mess around. Why not? Maybe have to come back with a changeup. Sure. Yeah. See if it works. Keep expanding on that. Uh, I'm sure the Phillies will teach him a cutter. You know, whatever, whatever. That's what, what we do. The Mariano Rivera factory over here uh, with the Phillies. Um, so, dude, I just, I can't believe it. I, I, they've built a almost. Now listen, they're gonna have to go out and play, and there's good teams in the in the NL East. I understand, but they have built a damn near flawless team. 
Yeah, once Harper comes back, it really, I mean, player for player, it is arguably, you know, it's one of the two or three best just flat out rosters in baseball, three, four or five, whatever. It's like in the, it's in the discussion. Like they, they are absolutely, we know they almost won the world series last year. They're clearly talented enough too, but they are really a, a really well put together, well thought out team that just makes a lot of sense. And I go back to something you said earlier that just kind of has stuck with me this whole time. And it's something we joke about with defense and have for, you know, years where we always do that. Like, ah, you know, who cares about defense, you know, just go out and mash. And then, you know, Five games into a season, we're like, oh, my God, get some guys who can freaking catch the ball, please. Like, this is the worst thing. Like, so, like, it kills you, right? Like, there is nothing worse, nothing worse as a baseball fan than watching a bad bullpen on a night-to-night basis. There's nothing worse. How much have we talked about over the year 2020? I mean, 2021 even, like, where it's like, like, you can't ever feel good about a baseball game. There's any game you could lose at any time. And that's the worst feeling as a sports fan, as a baseball fan, like, to just have dudes out there we can trust to come in and get outs when we need them is like, as people who watch every single game, I just, I can't emphasize enough how excited I am to have that in my life, Jack. Like, I can't, I, it's like, it's amazing. It's such a, it's yeah. gonna be such a great feeling. Well, and uh, I mean, listen, I made money just every time the Phillies had a lead. It's like, well, here, here comes the live Like, I could just sense it. Like, it's like my, my feels like a lost sense. Oh, it's from like that. Yeah. They're gonna be well. They're gonna be off this year because it's like, well, oh, I don't know. That's a good this, point. It, yeah, that's a good point. Usually, I can just sense it. it just, here it comes. Um, but now I, I don't know if it's gonna be that that obvious. And you mentioned the bullpen being the worst thing. Like, which is worse, a bad bullpen or bad receivers in football? A bad bullpen. I, I, Jack, I said this during the 2020 run and all that, and I still believe it to this day. I really, I really feel this way. I think that in all sports, the American sports that we follow, having a bad bullpen is the worst thing. I think it's the worst one of all of them. I honestly believe that. I do. Just obviously, like you can't win if you're starting, and there's a million things going on. But just in terms of of a unit that breaks your soul the most when it's when it sucks, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse. Because how many yeah. times do you get you get wins turned into losses with everything else you do, right? Like. That's what they do. They turn wins into losses right in front of our eyes on a night-to-night basis. That's what we do, baby. That's what we yeah. do. Not um, anymore. Not anymore, not buddy. Anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Because let me just run through this one more time, James. Yes, please. A top seven of Sir Anthony, Soto, Alvarado, Kimbrell, Bilotti, Brogdon, Strom. And that's good, not even... Man. It's good. That's not even, it's not even factoring in, James. And that's again, four, four, four righties, three lefties. Ah, I like it's just like... Mm. Drew Baker, Yulman, Griff McGarry, Sam Coonrod, Nick Nelson, Luis Ortiz, Andrew Vasquez. Like, and that's not even factoring if you want to go even deeper, Andrew Schultz. And you, mm-hmm. want, you want to keep going down to the minor leagues with all the guys they've drafted the last couple of years that are like 100 and seeing what they can do and being brought up. Like, it is, it's insane. It's Pretty insane. Thrilling. It's really? insane. And then if you want to go through it, you want to you want to extend the rotation out, you can go falter plus Mario Sanchez. Like, yeah. you know, give give the guys a break. It is it's freaking awesome, man. It's freaking awesome. And I, I can't wait to see <laughs> I can't wait to see Soto. I can't wait to see the the back of the bullpen. I can't wait to just almost I can I can't wait, James, to essentially kick my feet up. Nice. You know what I mean? Well just done. kick your feet up. Well done. Let the game run on cruise control. Mm-hmm. The back end's got it. Now, I think yeah. Soto's going to have those outings where it's like, oh, my gosh, this is awful. You know? Like, yeah, yeah, well, they're going to be those. Like Alvarado does or has yeah. in his, you know, the, yes, he will have those. Uh, not new, Alvy. No, not new as much, um, you know, other than, I don't know, the World Series, um, potentially. Well, uh, I, still don't, I still don't know what happened in game six. I didn't, yeah. I don't, 
Been keep it that. Hey, buddy, keep it that way. Let me tell you. I you turned off the yearbook. You won't, you won't like what you found. You, you did. You stopped it at that moment. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've made it a point that I will never see a replay of the Jordan Alvarez home run. Well, like I, well, I watch it live. Good work by you. I will not ever watch it again. Good. And that's something I, I, I'm, I'm going to pass that down to my, my, that's my son. That's good. Look, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was the worst. Ball still hasn't landed. Hey, it's pretty great. As Before we get out of here. Yes. Um, you have to work today. Look at you. Just another day. Um, another day. No, it's gonna be. I'm gonna be sitting there, the the pregame show, freezing, and just thinking about Gregory Soto, uh, yeah, Colorado, and and the back of the bullpen. So it's all good. Um, so you know, when my future son becomes of age, do I go back through all the yearbooks? Like, what would you? Oh, would I you... mean, you, well, first of all, you know you're going to. Like this, this question is this is like a, uh, a rhetorical question because you already know the answer. You're definitely going to, but. Yes, I think you do. I think. What year do I start at the 06? I think you start at where you, yeah, I think you started somewhere where you feel like you started it so he can go on your journey with you. Correct. Right? But I think he needs to know. I think he needs to know what he is now a part of, what he is joining the, the, you know, the fraternity that we have here. Like it's, it's built on pain, right? Like it just is. And, and maybe this year's not going to be, and that's cool, but he has to know where his roots come from. Yep. And I think I, I I'll, I'll identify the correct podcast to go back and listen to, you know, <laughs> losers. Yeah. I losers. I always think about that. Like years later, if Zoe goes back and listens, like when like some of the like stuff I've said or this or that or whatever, it's always like, what is wrong with you, Dad? Like, why would you say that about me on your yeah? Anyway, she's yes. great. I love, love yes. my daughter. That's the thing. Good. I'm proud of you, buddy. That's a, that's a good sign. Um, and uh, last thing before getting out of here, yes, is uh, the perfect cherry on top to re- replace Matt Veerling would be a nice one year signing of Adam Duvall. I love that move, dude. I love I I like Adam Duvall. He's had moments in the playoffs. It seems like every year if he gets a shot, he hits 30 plus homers. Like I like the dude. He can play defense a little bit. Like I, I'm pretty he's good gold with gold glove center field. Yeah, yeah. He's a, is he a gold glover? I think he won the gold glove a couple years wow, ago. Wow, because I know he's good. I saw it. Like it really I didn't really see he was that good. I mean Well, I think all glove. at least all his advanced metrics were like this guy's ridiculous. But he's, yeah, like I, I I love that. I like what's it cost for you, Bill? Like that's not. He won. A, he won the Gold Glove in twenty twenty. Wow! I did not. Re- that's my bad. I didn't realize he was quite that good. I love that. I would be all in on Adam Duvall. That's a, he's a winning dude. He's like Edmundo Sosa. He's like a, just a guy who's on winning teams. I love it. Oh, you know who else? Like what a what a what a dorky franchise the Cardinals are. They had two uh, Gold Glovers that year. I mean, how many times do you have to learn that defense doesn't matter? I know. I mean, if we just saw in the, which team won in the playoffs, was it the Cardinals or the Phillies this year? I couldn't remember. People forget that. They do. They do. They do. All right. Um, this was fun, man. I'm really happy. I'm like, as a Phillies fan, I'm really happy right now. I'm, I'm, I, I just needed to be Philly season. Like, let's go. I'm ready. Yeah. So I just got to get through this little football thing first. And I then know. We can, it's, okay. it's possible Super Bowl run. Yeah. Boring. Yeah. Um, the, the real season starts March 30th. Yeah, give give me give me freaking you know Gregory Soto getting out in April and I'll feel like sports are back, right? Come on, let me let me watch all spring training games in the hospital when uh, when I have oh! to wait. For... Yeah, it is. So it's the end of March. Is that when it is? Right. Yeah, the... end of March. Wow, you're March fifteenth. How about that? Oh, I'm so excited. We're gonna have so much fun with it. The content. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, all right, you got any final thoughts before we get out of here? Final thoughts is uh, the Eagles should bench Jalen today. They should not play him. And uh, Gregory Soto is a Philly. And it's okay. Like, we can go to bed at night not worrying about our bullpen. And that's a yeah. good spot to be in. It's a, it's a, a great base. spot to be in. My final thought is what I expected Jack to say and say they went the other way. Who cares about the Eagles? Go Phils. He's for some Celtics. <laughs>